The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you lift your Bible, lift it up real high and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so last week we uh, started a new series uh, and we titled it, Don't Worry About a Thing. Amen. Amen. Don't worry, don't you worry about a thing. Man, we sang songs uh, uh, around that neighborhood today and it was awesome. Amen. Uh, But this is God's heart for his children. It is uh, for us to live our lives uh, free of worry and free uh, of the cares of this world. And and someone may be asking, uh, why? I'm going to give you some uh, uh, statistics, few statistics uh, of, uh, you know, why the Lord would want us to live uh, the worry-free life. And this is interesting facts from, uh, or statistics, if you will, from where we live. You know, this is where we're at. And that's why the Lord did something to say about it. And I'm I'm going to read about four of them. And the first one is, you know, 43% of all adults in South Africa suffer adverse health effects uh, from stress, worry, and anxiety. And so there are all kinds of things that um, uh, worry and stress can trigger. Things like ulcers, I think they call them. Uh, things like migraine, headaches, uh, things of that nature can be triggered uh, if uh, stress, worry, and anxiety goes unchecked. Uh, here's another statistic. Uh, 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. And so with this one, it's interesting because they actually say, uh, you know, 70 to 90% of all your doctor's visits are for worry-related or worry-activated, you know, uh, things in your body. So nothing is really wrong with your body uh, anabolically, but, you know, you just worried yourself to the doctor's consultation rooms. And uh, sometimes the doctors will check you out and say, man, we don't find anything wrong with you. Uh, But some of them have learned that we may as well make money out of it. So they, you know, prescribe some, you know, we may as well make a few change uh, from from this. Uh, The third one is stress and major depression, burnout and anxiety disorders are costing South Africa's economy an estimated 40.6 billion every year. This is according to Dr. Renata Skuman of the Psychiatry Management Group. Have you noticed I always struggle to pronounce that word? How do you say it? Psy- psych- what? Okay, just, just leave it alone. Just. Here's the fourth one, is that this one is interesting. It says, every day an estimated 21 South Africans commit suicide. According to experts, stress could be the significant contributing factor. 20 times this number attempt but fail to take their own lives. And so when we're talking about the worry-free life, we're talking about something that's affecting people around us. Amen. And thank God the Bible has something to say about it. Amen. Jesus had something to say about it. The Apostle Peter had something to say about it. And the Apostle Paul also had something to say about it. And so we're going to go on a journey that I believe is going to produce for you permanent results for worry. Amen. This is not just, you know, go to a doctor and get a prescription for something. No, this is what Jesus had to say, what God's word has to say, and it will go into the root system and produce permanent results. Can I get an amen? <coughs> Excuse me. And so last week, we looked at what Jesus said, and uh, in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 25, you know, Jesus started off by telling us not to worry. He says, therefore, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food. He begins to explain, you know, that we must have a different perspective on matters. If it's not going to matter 300 years from today, it shouldn't keep you up at night. Can I get an amen? He says, verse 26, look at the birds, and we sang a song about it. You know, when he says, look at the birds, it's not 
not saying just look at any bird. He's saying look specifically, you know, we were singing about the sparrows, right? He says, look at the sparrow. Now, the sparrow was the cheapest bird there was on the market. And in the Old Testament, for someone to be cleansed of their leprosy and sickness, they needed to just go into the market and get a sparrow. And they knew essentially what God wanted was to make a healing available to everybody. And so he didn't say, go and get a parrot, you know, which is going to be a little more expensive or a dove. He says, just go and get a, a, a sparrow. A sparrow, I said in the first service, it was uh, two birds for one rand. I actually overestimated the price. It was actually one penny for two birds. So it didn't matter who you were. You could still go to the streets, pick up a brown coin, and you can get a sparrow and still could get healing. And so here, Scripture is saying, Jesus is saying, if God cares for sparrows, what makes you think he's not going to care for you? If God feeds sparrows one, one penny, one cent. You know the brown one that the children don't want? Your kids don't want the brown one. They don't want, they want paper money or silver. He's saying with the brown one, something that costs that little, God still cares. What makes you think, the crown jewel of his creation, what makes you think that he's going to leave you out, you know, hanging to dry? And so Jesus is explaining himself. Now, here's the deal. Jesus doesn't have to explain himself. But the reason he's doing so is because he wants you to attach reasons uh, uh, and see the benefit of not worrying before you even embark on this journey. And he explains himself. You know, growing up, I mean, preachers, uh, they would just force things on us. And if we ever, you know, questioned, they would just go to the tagline. And their tagline was this. No, it's sin. And so I could have come here and say, do not worry, because worry is sin. Well, I'm not going to say that, because you won't find that verse. It's actually not sin. You could worry if you want to. But Jesus just shows us that it's not going to be to your benefit. He says not a single person has grown taller. You cannot add one cubit to your stature uh, through worrying. Amen? And so he explains himself because he wants us to take on this do not worry about a thing, uh, a life. And so another thing we learned was that Jesus said to us, we shouldn't worry because we have a heavenly father. We have someone who cares for us. Amen? And with that in mind, we're going to go to John chapter number 10. Let's go to John chapter number 10, and I'm going to be reading from uh, verse 11. Did you know that God wants you to enjoy life? Yes. You know, I remember going to church. They never said that to me. You know, when I got born again, I mean, they told me, now that you're on this journey, this Christian journey is like going up a mountain. And the road that you have to walk on to go up the mountain is a road filled with thorns. And you just have to soldier on, brother. Just soldier on. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.17, Charge them that are rich in this world not to be high-minded nor put their trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who richly gives us all things to enjoy. And part of enjoying life is going to come from you living your life worry-free. Without carrying any burdens. Amen? And so Jesus says in John 10, verse 11, again, God said he's our good, good father. And Jesus says this. He says in John chapter number 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, the one who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf, uh, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. He's talking about the Pharisees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. And so Jesus, in John chapter number 10, this is uh, straight after he had told us that, you know, he came that we might have life and have it out more abundantly. This is where uh, the context of that verse is that he he wants to be the shepherd in your life and you the sheep. And as we look at this, I want to I submit to you, and you can go check it out after service, that this, this is true, it's a fact, that this is the most referred to uh, name of God uh, in relation to our relationship with him. 
You know, we know the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and they are safe. We know that uh, uh, he's all these different things. But the most frequently used relationship to depict this relationship between God and his children, God and his kids, is that of a shepherd and sheep. God wants to be your shepherd. What does that mean? That means God wants to be the one that cares for you. God wants to be the one that leads as you follow. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. We read last week in Jeremiah 10, 23, that it is not in man that walk to direct his own steps. And so when we submit our steps to God, he begins to lead just like the shepherd, you know, leading uh, his sheep. Let's go now and read what else he says in that same chapter, verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. And notice he prefaces that with an adjective, a superlative, good. Because he wants you to know that he's different from all the other shepherds. He says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and lay down my life for the sheep, which he did. Verse 16. And other sheep which are of this fold, the Gentiles, you and I, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So there's only one flock which is us, God's children, and one shepherd, uh, which is Jesus the Christ. Amen? And, and he wants to really shepherd us. He wants to take care of us. And man, I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to show you what that looks like, and, and it's going to be a blessing to you. Let's go to uh, John chapter number 10 from verse 1. That's that same chapter. Now from verse 1, he says this. He says, Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep jesus to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice this is good and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and so we see here uh, the way jesus wants to lead as we follow and he's going to lead us to a really uh, beautiful interesting place we're going to find out in uh, uh, psalm 23 uh, uh, shortly but but he says something interesting here he says when he comes verse uh, 3 he comes and 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 uh, 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 he speaks to his sheep and his sheep hear his voice and he calls his own ship out by name now this is powerful because typically this is not the way uh, the world teaches leadership this is not the way most of us have been led in all the different you know spheres of life that we, we we're involved with but jesus is really trying to show us something here he's saying when i lead when i be the shepherd when you let me be the shepherd in your life i'm gonna come and i want you to recognize and realize that number one i know you by name Man, Jesus, as the great shepherd, the good one, knows every single person in here by name. Now, this changed my life. Because growing up, you know, I was a statistic. I grew up in a, in a, in a small town, in a small uh, 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 neighborhood. Uh, and the real neighborhood that I grew up in was called Section 5. That's a statistic. They didn't take time out to properly give us a name. This is section five. I was probably citizen number 123,043 who lives in section five. They didn't care much about me. And some of you, you may have an employment number. They treat you like a statistic. When you resign, they will just find somebody else and give them another number. And so in the world out there, the world treats you like a statistic. And a lot of people come to God and they think God treats them like the world treats them. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. When it comes to my relationship with my sheep, I know them by name. And when I go, I call them out by name. Now, that's not how you look after, you know, animals. You know, I used to go to the village and would take care of my grandparents' animals. We didn't go there and start calling them out by name. We just jumped into the crawl with a lava, a shambok, and just start driving them. <laughs> and Jesus is not saying that he drives us. He's saying he calls you out by name. It, it connotes relationship. Not just a relationship, but a personal relationship. Now, this will fix your prayer life. 
just knowing that I have a shepherd who knows me by name. I didn't know this for many, many years, and my prayer, my prayer life was messed up. Because I thought I was just a statistic. And because of that, I, I, I thought I needed to add all of the extra religious calisthenics, all of the extras to, to, to beautify my prayer life on this adventure. I thought prayer was an adventure to try and get an indifferent, disinterested God to act on my behalf. Busy, inundated with all of the world issues. That's what I thought. I thought God, I thought, you know, the way I thought heaven off, I thought the same way I think of all my face office. That my papers must be lost somewhere. <laughs> my prayer request is lost somewhere. And so, if my, I thought, God, six billion people in the earth. So my prayer request is one of six billion. So, I need to perform. I've got to do something to, to make my prayer request stand out. And so I'd send a prayer request to God, uh, who is indifferent. Remember, that's what I think. He's busy and he's not going to look at mine. And so what should I, I need to do something to make my prayer request end up. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go on a three-day fast. And so I went on a fast, and, 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 and then a few of my boys caught on onto it. So that meant it was four of us going on a fast. And, and I thought there couldn't be any competitive advantage in this because it's four of us. That means four, prayer, four files have to be moved to the top. And before, I, you know, the whole neighborhood caught on to this three-day prayer thing, and it was a hundred of us. And I'm thinking, man, that means a hundred files are moving. So there's no competitive advantage. So I said, you know what, we're going to switch it. We're going we're gonna to go on, on to a 21-day fast. So they are on four, I'm going to 21. Because my prayer request, I wanted to stand out. Because in my mind, I was just a statistic. I didn't know that I had a good shepherd who knew me by name. And then 100 people caught on to the 21-day thing. And I said, okay, yeah, what are we going to do? We're going to switch it up on them. And so what are we going to do? We're going to pray from the mountain. Because if you're praying at zero altitude, sea level altitude, we're going to go up the mountain. And guess what? In the natural, if you are down here and I'm up here, whose prayer is getting to heaven first? <laughs> and so whenever you see someone who's inundated with religious calisthenics, they have a messed up view of God. It's called a warped view of who God is in their lives. The Bible says your heavenly father even knows the number of hair on your head. He's that personal with you. He just doesn't know your name. He's so close to you, so personal with you, that he knows the very number of hair on your head. Now, hair is one, one of the most consistently changing things on your body. You're either getting some or you're losing some. There's no middle ground. And yet, God keeps up with the number of hair on your head. Now, I love my children. Both of them. Love them dearly. I've never sat down and started counting the number of hair on your one. 1,000, 2,000, 300. No, 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 no. That's, that's just too much. And that's what God's love is for you. It's too much. God is personal with you. Can I get an amen? Now, if he knows the number of hair on your head, what makes you think he won't know when the rent is due? Amen? What makes you think you have to inform him about what's going on in your life? God, did you hear? Did you hear what my boss said? He said he's gonna. Oh God, did you hear what the what's happening to the? Oh, and your prayer life. Some of you, it's really not prayer. If we were to be honest, it's just trying to inform God of how bad the situation is. But Jesus says, "I know you by name." And what else does he say? He says, "I call I call them out by name." And he leads them out. How does he lead them out? Uh, uh, verse 4. When he brings out his sheep, he goes before them. Amen. He doesn't drive you from behind. He goes before you. You know what that means? That means everything that's going to try to confront you, guess, guess who it meets with first? Amen. Jesus. Amen. And if it, if, if, I know poverty can't go, get through, it can't wrestle Jesus to defeat him so it can get to me. So therefore, I'm not going to worry about my provision. I know 
That sickness, can't, he already defeated them. It can't wrestle him to get to me as long as I let him lead and I fall. See, that's where the problem is. The good shepherd is calling his church to be sheep. And the church is trying to be lion. See, being a lion will get you killed. Better known as doing your own thing. All is, see, you picked the dumbest animal in the animal kingdom. And sometimes it, it, it pays to be dumb and just dumb in natural kind of things and, and, and be sound spiritually. And what does it look like to be sound spiritually? It means to just walk around following Jesus and, and like a sheep, ba, 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 ba. Jesus says, we're turning, ba, 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 ba. As he leads me, where is he going to lead me? To, to green pastures. He wants you to be a sheep while he's, a, while he's, the, he's the shepherd. And if you allow him to lead you, watch what else happens. Let's go to the end of that chapter, uh, verse 27. You know, and, and this really is the revelation that kept me going personally uh, during COVID. You know, I mean, there was a lot of pressure. And, and uh, you know, when, when COVID started, I, I remember I went to the uh, Kindle library, Amazon, and I tried to buy a book. And the book I was looking for was How to Lead a Church in a Global Pandemic. Couldn't find that book. And so I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, how do I do this? How do I pastor your people in a global pandemic? He said this to me. He said, realize that you have a good shepherd. I said, say that again. He said, realize that you have a good shepherd. I said, what does that mean? He said, you follow my leadership. I'm going to protect you. Remember I told you, the, the sheep is the only animal that doesn't have long horns to protect itself if, if the predators attack. It, it doesn't have any of that. And so the sheep is the only animal that depends on, on, on a shepherd. If, if, if there's no shepherd, every season, you know, with sheep, they have to come and shave the, the wool off of it. If, if no one is there to uh, shave the wool off of it, it's just going to die. And so that's the relationship God wants to have with each and every one of us to where we cannot do this life thing on our own. Amen. And I tried. It didn't take long for me to realize <laughs> I can't do it on my own. Some of you are still trying. And life keeps knocking you upside your head. Slap you upside and you keep trying. Man, quit trying to do it on your own. You need Jesus. You need somebody else to lead as you follow. Can I get an amen? And so I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, what are we, how are we going to do this thing? And the Lord took me to, uh, uh, you know, uh, verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And that's where the peace of God is. It is in knowing the voice of the shepherd and following the voice of the shepherd. And all over the New Testament, he's talking about him being the, the shepherd and us being the... Let's go to Hebrews. We'll come back here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 13, I think, verse 20. Hebrews chapter number 13, verse 20. We're talking about the worry-free life, how you can enjoy the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Amen? It says in verse 20 of Hebrews 13, it says, Now may the God of what? Of peace. Someone say peace. That's shalom. That means wholeness. Nothing missing and nothing broken. May the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. What is he? The great shepherd of the what? Not the great shepherd of the lions, the great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, you know, keep you and so on and so forth. This is the uh, ben benediction or the final exhortation. And he's saying Jesus Christ is the great shepherd of the sheep. Amen. Amen. And if you go back, go back to uh, uh, John 10, he says this. This is something else that he said to us as we were coming out of uh, COVID. You know, I went to the Lord. The president came out on TV uh, and he said, man, you are allowed to have church now. And so I went to the internet and I saw what my other friends were doing. And over there, some of the friends in the network were saying, man, we know the president is saying we must have church, but we're not going to have church. You know, we want to protect our people. That's what they said in the press statement. That, that, that What they were saying was we're not going to have church because we're scared. 
They said, no, we're not going to do that because, you know, we want to protect our people. And the Lord said to me, I, I, I went to the Lord. I said, look at this press statement, Lord. They, they're not going to do church because they want to protect their people. What do you say about that? And the Lord said this to me. He said, that's the problem. That's the first problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, they call my people their people. He said that. That's what he said to me. He said, he said because they think they are the shepherd, they've assumed the responsibility to care for the sheep. And I said, Lord, that's noble. He said, yeah, it is, but how are they going to do that? They are not omnipresent. They don't have, a, uh, they don't have enough budget. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord asked me, he said, how are they going to do that? I said, Lord, you're right, they can't. He said, so, and he looked at me and he said, so can't you. What he meant by that is, no, you can't protect anybody. Amen? You are a shepherd, junior, junior, triple junior shepherd, but the, the top dog, the real shepherd, smallest shepherd. You are not the big one. Every single one of you, if you care for people, you lead the life group, realize this. In fact, this, this, is, this is true. This is true. If you pay attention, this will save you. Uh, a sign of immaturity in the ministry is someone who tries to draw people to themselves. Never draw people to you. You can't help them. Oh, people have problems, bro. Man, I'm telling Oh, you can't help, bro. Bro, don't draw them to you, bro. I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, man. Don't draw people to yourself. The sign of a true mature minister is that they constantly point people to Jesus. Because when you point people to Jesus, I learned this, that when you point people to Jesus... All the time, constantly, pointing people to, to Jesus, you're going to have time to play golf. Because <laughs> if they come to you, you say, man, have you gone to Jesus? You say, pastor, you know, such and such, man, it's, have you gone to Jesus, bro? Man, keep pointing people to Jesus. Don't draw people to yourself. Can I get an Amen. And so, and so, he, he says this. Now, this is Jesus talking. Verse 28. He says, I give them eternal life. To who? The sheep. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Man, listen. Once you become a sheep, a part of his sheepfold, nothing can touch you. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it can't touch you. No plague will come near your dwelling. If you make him your shepherd, he says they will never perish. Neither shall anyone, COVID included, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying no one can snatch any of my sheep out of the sheepfold. And he says my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand and I and the father are one. And so why worry? Man, here's the bad part. Is that whenever you worry about stuff, you know all of that time you spend worrying, and the enemy wants to just publish things that will bring worry, fear, and anxiety, and so on and so forth. I mean, COVID hasn't left the neighborhood, but because there's not enough information out there being pumped, people all of a sudden have become bold and courageous, and we don't even, you know, think about it. But, but here's the truth is that the, 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 when, when that was happening, all of that was happening, it was because they were just giving us information, man. They were saying, man, you're going to die. If someone just, just looks at you, you're going to die. <laughs> They were saying, man, if someone uh, uh, just shakes, shakes your hand and, and they didn't wash their hands, you're going to die. And, and all of that started playing in people's heads instead of, man, it doesn't matter. I have a good shepherd. When that thing tries to come, the good shepherd will take care of it. No, we were focusing on the wrong thing. And here's the sad part. This is really sad. Is that all of that time you spend worrying, I wish there was a place you could go and redeem it. You know, hours upon hours just sitting at your couch worrying and worrying. You know. I wish there was a place you could go and say, uh-uh, I want my two months back. <laughs> Here's the truth is that every minute you spend worrying, you're not going to get it back. And this is why Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. Amen. 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 
I said, Amen. Now let's go to uh, Psalm uh, 23. We usually read this at funerals, but, but you know, this one is not for the dead, it's for the living. Amen. It's for the living. Listen to what it says. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. This is the psalmist, David. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. The who? The Lord. Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. And, 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 and what does that result in? I shall not want. In other words, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in lack. And it's interesting because he didn't uh, uh, spell out what he shall not be in lack. He just said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in lack. Why? Because this not wanting and this shepherd, he will cover every single aspect of your life. If you're struggling for relationships, this verse will, will sound like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for relationships. If you're struggling with provision and finances, this Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for finances. If you're struggling for health, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want for healing or for health. In fact, most of the healing scriptures that you see in the Bible are connected to the Lord being the shepherd. If you read, you know, 1 Peter 2.24, it's one of the uh, most quoted scripture around healing. Uh, uh, it, it, let's pull it up. 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who he, his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed, for you were as what? Sheep going astray, but are now returned unto to the shepherd, the bishop of your souls. And so that healing is even connected to Jesus being the shepherd. Man, when you have this revelation that I have a shepherd, it takes care of all worry. It is your remedy, your antidote for worry. I stopped worrying a long time ago. Now that does not mean I don't have problems. It just means I realize that I have a shepherd who's taking care of them. Now when you forget that, your problems are going to overwhelm you. Because you, 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 you assume the responsibility to take care of everything. No, no, no. You have a shepherd who is the bishop of your souls. And so back to exhibit A, uh, uh, Psalm 23. He says, verse 2, the Lord who is my shepherd, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, he leads me to a place where the grass is, is brand new. That's the Hebrew uh, translation. Green pastures is a brand new soft uh, grass that's plush. He's talking about his provision. His provision is not uh, through hard labor and toil. You work, but you don't toil. There's a difference. Uh, toil is when you work on the outside, but you're also working on the inside. Uh, 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 working, just working under the grace of God, is you work on the outside, but you are resting on the inside. This is why if you look at the order of the uh, temple in the Old Testament, there was work outside, you know, they were killing animals and, and doing all kinds of stuff on the outside, on the outer courts, but in the inner uh, uh, holy of holies, all that happened, there was rest, just sprinkling of blood on the, on the table. And so what is this life that he's calling us to? He's calling us to a life where we go to work and we do all these external things, but the internal state of our being, of our soulish realm is peace, it is rest. On the inside. Amen. God wants you to rest on the inside. And all of this stuff where you can't enjoy a good night's sleep. All of this stuff where you wake up at 1 a.m. and you, you, you're trying to you know, calculate and, and it's all happening on the inside. And, and here's the deal is that Jesus said you will not get any solution from no one has ever grown taller. No one has added a, a cubit to his stature through worrying. It will wake you up at 1 a.m. And, and, and you look at that bank statement, 200 rand. It, it doesn't matter even if you wake up at 1.30, it's still 200 rand. <laughs> and the bills are 1.2. So waking up at 2 a.m. is not going to help you anything. And I remember when we, COVID happened and, and uh, you know, the Lord started calling us to, to uh, start broadcasting our services. Before that, we'll just use a little cell phone and we'll broadcast our services uh, that way. And then the Lord started calling us to really put together a real broadcast. And, and, and I looked at the figures and we needed 300,000 rand in one week. And I said, Lord, where is this money going to come from? He said, man, I told you. I already told you. I'm the good shepherd. I said, I know, but I'm talking about the money. Where is it going to come from? 
He said, man, I'm your good shepherd. Won't you trust me? I said, I know, Lord, but we need to buy the cameras. And he said, okay, watch this. It's amazing how the Lord works. He said, okay, watch this. And I watched, and, and Dillian called me. She said, man, we've got the money. We can go and buy the cameras. The money came. The Lord brought the money. I was too shaken in my boots spending it. <laughs> I went to buy the one camera. I was shaken. True story. They gave me the invoice, uh, 45,000 uh, rand, and I'm standing in that store. And Dillian says, I'm, I'm about to make the payment. I said, ooh, Jesus. He said, I'm about to. I said, she said, should I pull the plug? Should I pull the plug, Pastor T? I said, yeah, go ahead. She went, pay. It wasn't even my money. I was scared for the Lord. I mean, we walked out with, with the camera. We walked out with all these different... When we went to buy this uh, keyboard, oh, man, I'm shaking in my boots. During COVID, all of this happened during COVID. They wanted 85,000 rand. And I remember I'd gone to the same store. Unbelievers were walking in without a care and swiping. <laughs> Here I am, a child of God. With a good shepherd. I'm shaking in my boots. Man, that preached to me. I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to let you do your job. I said, you lead, I follow. And the Lord said, get it. And so we went and we got it. You remember? We were there in the store and I'm shaking in my boots. I'm looking at it. I said, man, we need to ensure this thing. <laughs> and so what am I saying to you? What I'm saying is, if you allow the Lord to lead you, he will provide for you. Amen. And he will take you to a green pasture. What else does he say? Ooh. Can I finish Psalm 23? He says, he leads me beside still waters. Now, what are still waters? These are not stagnant waters. These are uh, waters that are deep. He's talking about a, a well that never runs dry. And so what is he saying? He's saying there's so much security in God's provision that drought is not even a factor. The waters run deep. And not only do they run deep, they are peaceful waters. His provision. See, when God provides for you, you don't have to spend that money looking over your shoulders. Just checking to see, you know, someone is trying to come and steal it from you. Oh, man, where is this? No, 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 no. You can do it peacefully. I've seen on the National Geographic a, a deer or a, 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 one of these animals, an antelope, just trying to drink a quench his thirst on these waters that look peaceful but it's fake and then he's trying to drink and out of nowhere a crocodile just comes out and by the neck bam and pulls him into the water and he becomes food that's not what Jesus is saying his provision for you is peaceful it doesn't bring drama that's why it says the blessing of the Lord it makes rich but he adds no sorrow with it the waters are still and they are peaceful amen and he says in verse 3 he restores my soul remember i said the bishop of our what of our souls he's talking about complete healing a spirit soul and body and he says this, he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Which means when we go through him, we are led into a new position and identity of righteousness in Christ Jesus. Not in what we do. Verse 4, yea, though I, someone say I. I. Notice everywhere else he was saying he. He restores my soul. He leads me through green pastures. But when it comes to the valley of the shadow of death, that's not God leading you there. They didn't understand this. I remember preaching preach to us and say, man, life. Sometimes the Lord will just lead you into a valley of the shadow of death. No, no, no. He didn't say the Lord. <laughs> it's I. And, and I remember, man, it would lead me. I led myself many years ago. <coughs> My finances. I went to this auction. And I, and I went there and... and and I got this car that, I, that was beyond my budget. See, some of you thinking, lead in the valley of the shadow of death, what does that look like? I'm about to explain to you. <laughs> I went and I took a car that was beyond my budget. That's called leading myself to, through the valley of the shadow of death. The debt is not going to kill me, but it's going to be a valley, for sure, <laughs> with many shadows of debts. 
the money that you owe. And so I took that thing, five liter engine. I took that thing from, from there and I went to the uh, service station and I filled that thing in. As I got to the house, it was thirsty again. It needed to, to get some more, some more uh, petrol. I mean, this thing would eat my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even the snacks, the children's snacks. It, this thing wanted to eat the children's snacks. I led myself to the valley of the shadow of death. And he began to lead me out of it. You know how he led me? He said, don't try to be top dog when you ain't top dog. <laughs> On the outside, I looked like I'm driving a, a big BMW machine. I mean, that thing was... 400,000 kilometers on the clock. People didn't know. <laughs> I mean, that thing had done its, it had done its time. Yeah, I pull up, people, oh man, he drive an X5. 400,000 kilometers. That thing had gone through 17 owners. <laughs> trying to impress people. They weren't even paying attention to people I was trying to impress. I, mean, I was fixing shocks. I was fixing everything. I was, I, that thing was messed up. It's the valley of the shadow of death. I went to the valley. I walked into the valley of the shadow of death. He says, while you're in there, you don't have to fear evil. Because the Lord is going to leave. For me, he told me, get rid of it. And I took it back and my life got better. Amen. That will preach. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff, you know how they bring comfort? The rod and the staff, they, they bring comfort to me because uh, uh, we know that he's going to defend us, the sheep, from the enemy with the rod and the staff. You know, the old uh, preachers would say, the old rod and the staff will comfort you, will comfort you with the rod. And no, the, the rod and the staff were for the uh, predators, the enemies that are trying to come and snatch you out of his sheepfold. That's, that's what he would use it on. Not his children. Can I get an amen? And he says in verse 5, You prepared table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, the Lord does not wait until COVID is finished for, you, for him to bless you. In the midst of your enemies, in the midst of chaos, that's where the Lord likes to bless. And a lot of people didn't know this. That the Lord is preparing tables in the presence of the enemy. COVID came from the devil. It came to cause problems. But, but God used it for good to those who could recognize the good that God was doing. Amen. And so for me and my family, we could never afford to go on, on vacation uh, more than three times in a year. And COVID happened and I found out that people were scared to go anywhere. And so these places were putting up uh, offers for 500 rand. The beach was empty. I, I didn't realize we could have a private beach at a public beach. Everybody's hiding. But I had a good shepherd, the one who would take care of me. And so I looked up this deal. I couldn't believe it. 500 rand for a villa. Four bedroom villa with a swimming pool outside and then the main swimming pool in the, in the neighborhood. So I booked this thing. 500 rand. I called Marshall. I, I said, get your families ready. I called Pastor H. I said, get your families ready. We're going on vacation. And so we went for a one week vacation. 500 rand per night. And then <laughs> Pastor H tried to book it outside of COVID. <laughs> He called me. Pastor H called me. He said, yo, PT, did you really bring us to this place? I said, yeah, I did. He said, man, I'm looking at these prizes. I didn't tell him. I said, hey, listen, I'm rich. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, here's the deal. is that people who knew that God prepares tables in the presence of our enemies, I know people who bought businesses. During COVID, for next to nothing. I know people who bought stocks. During COVID, next I know people who started, one of my friends, uh, Hugh Anderson, he started a business for, for thermometers. He called me. He said, oh, we're milking. He said, man, they must keep this thing going. <laughs> he said, they need to keep this thing going. We've got a truckload of thermometers that we need to sell. We need six more months of regulations. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. 
There's some people who understood that the Lord doesn't wait for the enemies to go for him to prepare the table. He will prepare the table in the presence of your enemies. While the craziness was raging, some people were signing deals. They were buying houses next to nothing. And so for children of God, every problem in the world could be the next wealth transfer. In fact, I believe this COVID thing was a wealth transfer. You know, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. It's already happened. They were buying stuff next to nothing. Could walk into a place and negotiate. Couldn't believe it. Man, you could negotiate at a car dealership because they ain't selling anything. And they don't have the cash flow. Now they're just trying to, you know, get some so they can pay the rent. Just go in and offer whatever you have. What do you have? <laughs> you can't do it now. You miss the bus. The Lord is your shepherd. And he says this. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. He's talking about two things there that the shepherd would always carry. Uh, the oil and the wine. The shepherd would always uh, carry the oil and the wine. And the wine was not for drinking. The wine was for when the uh, sheep... We were like, yeah, someone will run away with it. <laughs> I said, man, I went to church. I want to be a shepherd. Pastor, I want to be a shepherd. So, so when, if, if the, whenever the, the sheep would get hurt, you know, the, the shepherd would take the wool and dip it into wine and then use that to, for healing, right? External healing. And then the oil was for, for really divine health. Uh, would, you would put the oil on the head of the sheep to stop the flies from landing on the sheep and coming there and the maggots and things of that nature. You would put the oil. And, and flies in scripture, you know, uh, speaks of evil spirits that try to come and, uh, you know, infiltrate your thinking. And so when you are a shepherd and you're constantly thinking about the good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, guess what? He begins to anoint your head and you can get to a place in, your, in the anointing of your head where you don't even have evil thoughts. You don't have to walk around saying, today I'm not going to curse. Today I'm not going to curse. Today I'm not going to curse. Not a single curse word. Maybe you could start there. But once he anoints your, he your head with, well, it just won't even have, it doesn't even. Amen. Amen. And we preoccupy ourselves with this thought that we have a good shepherd. And then he ends with this. Man, my time is up. He ends with this. He says, surely. Someone say, Surely. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Do y'all see that? He yeah. says, uh, these two bodyguards, this is, this is, he's unleashed these two bodyguards on, on the church that know that Jesus Christ is their good shepherd. It's a sure thing. He says, surely goodness. What, what he means by that is good things will follow you. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And, and, and that's a declaration that you begin to make when you realize that you have a good shepherd. As you follow the good shepherd, the goodness and mercy is following you. Good things follow you. You don't have to chase after good things. You just follow the good shepherd and the goodness and the mercy will follow you. And Pastor Andrew was preaching last week. He said you need to raise your expectations. Amen. And I want to add to it, you need to change your expectation first and then raise your expectation. The reason I say you need to change your expectation is because not many folk expect good things. In fact, a lot of people get surprised when good things start to happen. My parents used to say, when me and my brothers are having a good time, when we start to laugh and have, oh, ha, ha, ha. my parents would say, man, you're laughing too. You're having too much of a good time. Something bad is about to happen. Amen? They didn't expect good things. Most church folk, they don't expect good things. If you are at the airport, just sitting there and, and minding your own business, they come to you and say, hey, we've been looking for you, Mr. Butai. Uh, would you uh, uh, like to follow us? We want to escort you. We've just upgraded you to, to first class. What's your response to that? Your response should be, what took you so long? So I was expecting, I was expecting what? Good things. 
instead of me. Me, let me now. Ah, no, I don't. I think it's someone else. No, 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 no. A lot of church folk, Jesus is trying to get you to raise, change your expectation to good things. But after you've changed it to good, raise your expect, expect good things. Amen. Expect promotion. Expect uh, an upgrade. Amen. And a lot of people, single people, they're just walking around, no expectation. <laughs> this could, that's why you meet some of them at the, at the supermarket. From the blanket to the supermarket. Uh, uh, what do you call that thing? Rob, a rob, nightgown. 11.30. What if you, your expectation is really, there has to be no expectation. With a, with, a, with a stocking on your head. You have to have zero expectation. I'm just going to the mall and I'm going to get sugar. and Hey, I, this, could be, this could be it. This is the day that the Lord has made. This could be it. Amen. I was talking to one of my friends. Uh, 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 Loiso is a good friend of mine, a personal friend. I'm not name dropping, he really is a friend of mine. Loiso Bala. <laughs> I was talking with him because every time I, I, we go around places together, I end up being the cameraman. You know, people just say, they walk up to the two of us and they say, Excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Bala, can we take a picture? And then, you know, the person, and then he says, Okay, fine, I'll take it. And the picture just appoints me. He says, You take the picture. <laughs> so, so I, so I end up taking pictures. So he said this to me, true story. I said this to him. I said, man, it must be hard being Loiso. That's what I said to him. He said, it must be hard being Loiso. I said, what? He said, what do you mean? I said, being a celebrity, everyone knows you. You can't go anywhere. You know, like, like I can go anywhere. I mean, I can just go in my shorts and, and, and you know. He says, he says this to me. He says, man, you got to have an expectation. He says, the reason why I just don't go out any kind of way is because I, I have an expectation. That, that day could be the day that I meet someone who's trying to give me a, a deal. It could be the day that I, I, I get into an interview, camera interview. And so I'm telling you, especially you young people, single people, man, raise your expectation. This is a word from the Lord. Raise your expectation. And I've got to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. You've got to raise your expectation. Someone shout goodness. goodness. Good things. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the presence of the good shepherd forever. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads and I follow. Therefore, I'm not worried. I'm not anxious. I'm never stressed. Too blessed to be stressed. I have a good shepherd, the bishop of my soul. Therefore, I live the worry-free life. That's what you do. Now, I'm not saying worry is not going to try to attack you or latch itself on you. When it does, remind it that I have a good shepherd. And he's taking care of you. Amen. Amen. I have a good shepherd. And he's taking care of you. Man, some of you, he's tempting you, Satan, to cut your life short through this worry thing. You've entertained it too long. Today is the day that you need to serve divorce papers. Today. And I feel strongly about this. There's a strong anointing in the room today for lifelong decisions of a no worry-free life and no carefree life. Man, I'm, 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 I'm hearing this by the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you literally feel it in your, in your physical uh, uh, form, in your body. Some of you struggle to swallow things, to swallow food when you, when, when you uh, get to worrying about life, when you get to worrying about the future. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to worry. I've got this. 
I've got you covered. I'm leading from the front. You follow me and surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Someone in here, you allow worry to wake you up in the night seasons and just bully you. Insomnia. Someone needs pills, drowsing things to go to sleep. Man, there's a promise in God's word from the good shepherd that the good shepherd gives to his beloved sweet sleep. Amen. In Psalm 127, it comes from the beloved. And you worrying about it is not helping the situation. It's not helping you. It's time. We start turning over things to the Lord. God has not called you to carry all of that burden. All of that burden. There's someone with twitching eyes. Now you've got twitching eyes uh, under your, 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 your eyelids. Yeah, I don't know what this area is called. It just kind of throbs sometimes and it, 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 that's not normal. And we're going to pray for you. There's someone in here. It just wakes you up randomly and you just sit up and you can't go back to sleep. And I'm not telling you that's not of the Lord. I'm telling you that's not of the Lord. The Lord does not get glory when you worry about stuff. Can I get an amen? amen. And so we're going to pray for you. But I want you to change and raise your expectation. Today is the day that you'll make a commitment that we won't worry about stuff. We're not going to worry about stuff. Amen. I said amen. And some of you, the reason is because you value natural carnal things too much. You value things too much, too much, too much. If someone scratches your car, so what? Jesus is going to burn it anyway when he comes back. And the insurance will take care of it when they get to it. It doesn't matter. And some of you, it drives you up the wall. Just tell, The enemy knows it. He knows all he has to do is to throw a little spanner in the works and your entire, I was going to say your day, the Holy Spirit just changed my, my, my confession. Your entire life is messed up. Some of you, all the, the person next to you has to do is to bump your, your, your light on your car. And you're going to start worrying about it. Oh, oh, and that thing doesn't even cost 200 rand. But the enemy knows it's got you. Man, we need to change our focus. Amen? If it's not going to matter 300 years from today, it shouldn't matter today. Is it going to matter in eternity? No, it's not. So it shouldn't matter today. Amen? I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I thank you that you have a promise for the worry-free life for us. Every single one of us. I pray for every family under the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray and I rebuke the spirit of worry. I rebuke uh, uh, anxiety. I rebuke stress. I tell it to go right now, never to come back. I thank you, Father, for we have a great good shepherd who is the bishop of our souls. The great good shepherd who restores our souls to a place of, of newness and a place of peace. And so I speak against uh, worry. I speak against restlessness in the night seasons. I speak against insomnia. It's not a, a condition of the kingdom. Rest is a condition of the kingdom. And so we rebuke that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every ailment that's worry related. I rebuke migraine headaches right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke uh, ulcers of the stomach. These your children will be able to keep a good meal down without it causing them physical problems. I rebuke headaches that are stimulated by worry. We rebuke them and we tell them to go never to come back. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that today is the day that we serve divorce papers to this spirit of worry, this spirit of fear and anxiety. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone say it, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Which one? Oh, I didn't rebuke that. Okay, we want to pray for, for that. Let's, let's pray for the person with the twitching eye. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
we speak to this twitching eye and we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus we call it a thief and we evict it go never to come back in the name of Jesus amen amen and there's, there's some of you, you had, the enemy had tricked you. And this had become your, your lifestyle. You know, you just worry about stuff. It's not a condition of the kingdom. Amen. I said, amen. amen. Jesus said, don't, don't do it. Jesus said, don't worry about it. God will take care of it. The good shepherd is in your life. Just allow him to live and you follow him and just enjoy the and you know if you go to Israel and look at how the shepherd leads the sheep they go up the mountain in tracks just going in circles in circles in circles they are patient with them it's not just one straight line to the top of the mountain and the, the uh, shepherds actually call the uh, uh, apex the top of the mountain they call it the place of hope that's what they call it and when you allow the shepherd to lead you he leads you on a path that's consistently and continuously leading you to hope more hope whenever you see yourself uh, 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 not hoping anymore when you've forgotten that you have a good shepherd if you follow you keep hoping amen it's to a place of hope it's never to a place of discouragement it's never to a place of hopelessness it's always to a place of hope there is always a better day ahead of those who believe why because the path of the righteous it keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the brightness of noon amen we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening to find out more about how you can become a partner visit faithhill.tv today.